Welcome to the Marcia Miyake Show, where our mission is to share thought-provoking ideas, practical tools, and tangible strategies to up-level your life, business, and relationships. I'm your host, Marcia Miyake, leadership and emotional intelligence consultant, executive coach, and conscious mama of two. Through solo episodes and interviews with experts in the medical, research, business, and spiritual fields, this show helps you to shift from the illusion that success in one area of your life means failure in another, to the understanding that you truly get to have it all. Let's get started. Welcome back to another episode, my loves. I'm so excited to be here. I'm recording this while Luca is sleeping downstairs. So it's a bit risky and I may hear some little pitter-patter of feet coming up the stairs, but let's go for it. Today, I want to share three perspectives that I've learned about parenting through my journey of building up my emotional intelligence, raising my consciousness, and really just healing my shit, to say it shortly. So these perspectives can be a bit controversial. They can be a bit like, oh my gosh, if you haven't done healing work or if you haven't built up your emotional intelligence. And I'll explain in a second. So let's get straight into it. Controversial perspective number one is that your child is the teacher. So if we look at the perspective of the parent-child relationship, it's really easy to assume that, and we've also been taught, that the parent is here to teach the child. And while on a 3D physical perspective, that's true. I mean, when they are born, they're pretty reliant and helpless, and we have to show them how to eat and how to walk, etc. So from that perspective, yes, we are teaching them, we are guiding them. But when it comes to on a deeper level, our children have so much more to teach us. And as we move through a personal development journey and we, you know, achieve higher levels of success and actualization, we realize what's truly important in life. And what are those aspects and attributes that are going to take us to the next level? And what really are the keys to success? And when I say success, I mean just even being living a truly fulfilled life. So the first thing that our children teach us that is so freaking key, and it's in probably every personal development book around, and and every teacher will tell you this, it's presence. If you look at a child, they are extremely present. Now, I have to put a little side note to this is that assuming the child hasn't been uh, traumatized and they're, you know, like not escaping their body, et cetera, right? So a healthy child is present. When I see my son playing in his room and he's playing with the blocks and he's in his own world, like he is so present in the moment. The other one is curiosity. Like everything is like exciting and new. Like we'll be driving down the road and he's like, look, mommy, a plane. Look, mommy, a truck. I see a dump truck. Like everything. He's so curious, so excited. Everything is just amazement to him. 
And this is key in terms of success because curiosity and then that desire to want to learn more is what helps us to grow, is what helps us to be successful in business, is always having this perspective of a child of really looking at things with wonder. And then obviously love. Love is a big one. Now, this isn't, you know, being woo-woo or anything like that, but everything is derived from love. A child is derived from love, or at least we hope from the union and connection of two human beings coming together from love. But everything that was created, especially the most amazing creations, was derived from love. And that really is a child's set point, again, on the premise that this child hasn't been traumatized. Their status quo is love. Look how they want to hug and kiss, and they're just so affectionate. Because that's their baseline. And as adults, we can learn so much from that. Because when we embody love, we can achieve more success. And my favorite, I think, is probably authenticity. So the trauma that we have been through results in us wearing a mask. Maybe it's a feminine, masculine mask. Maybe it's a mask of I'm strong or just... Even a mask of not really showing ourselves fully to the world, being super self-conscious, being shy, being quiet, being reserved, feeling like we don't want to be judged, so we hold back. We don't really speak our truth. We don't really show our face on the platform. We don't really go out and live our dreams. Why? Because we are afraid of rejection. We are afraid to be our true authentic selves. But if you look at a little child oh my gosh, like Luca, the moment he thinks something is funny, he just throws his head back and he has this, the biggest laugh. He doesn't care that we all start laughing kind of at him with him, but it's so hilarious. He's just so authentically himself. Think about when a child rages, they don't think, oh, are people going to think I'm being dramatic? No, they just rage. They are so authentic. They, ha- they are the epitome of authentic expression, okay? So we have so much more to learn from our children than they have to learn from us. Now, I know, like I said, that seems controversial because you're like, wait a second, so authentic expression is just raging? No, obviously there is an evolved way of expressing rage, but rage isn't bad. Rage has utility just like every other emotion, It's just how do you express that? And only an emotionally intelligent parent can navigate and help a child navigate how to express that rage in a healthy way. But that authentic expression still needs to be there, right? We think that being an evolved human is not showing emotion when that is a stunted human. That is a repressed human. That is a depressed human. When you shut down your emotions and you hold them down, that's what leads to depression, okay? All right, so moving on. Number two, and I love this. This is your children are not yours to discipline. And that's going to go against a lot of what we've been taught about what it even is to be a parent. But I really love this quote by Khalil Gibran, and he says, your children are not your children. They are the sons and daughters of life's longing for itself. They come through you, but not from you. And though they are with you, 
yet they belong not to you. Our children don't belong to us. Okay. They came through, like my children came through me, right? Like I was that portal between the spiritual and the physical world, but that doesn't make my children mine. I have no ownership over my children. I chose to have children. Okay. So if we choose to have children, please understand your children owe you nothing. Okay. And in that regard, we have no right to quote unquote discipline them. Okay. Cause I don't even like the word discipline because I almost feel like we only use it on people that we like children that we think are less than us. But let me ask you this. If your partner, your husband or wife did something that you didn't like, would you feel the need to discipline them? If you are in a healthy relationship and you are an emotionally well person, um, the answer would be no. You would have no desire to discipline. You would communicate your need and you would you know, hope that that person responds to your need that you have now communicated. So why do we think it's okay to discipline our children? Our children are not here for us to discipline and to control. Our children, our role as their parents is to protect them and to guide them. That's it. That's the extent of the relationship. Now we can model what good behavior is, right? But what I find super ironic, and you know, we're even, I guess, breaking the mold or moving through or navigating this as a family ourselves, but it's like if Luca hits or he bites or your children do something wrong, let's say they're, they're violent. I don't understand why we think as parents that the way to stop the violence and tell them, don't be violent, is to be violent towards them. Slapping them on the wrist, slapping them on the bum. I've even heard parents say, just bite them back and see how it feels. Like, no, this is from my perspective. Again, this is my perspective, and I really want to make a very important note. I have mentors that are child psychologists, but I am not myself a child psychologist. This is not even my area of specialty. I'm just sharing um, my perspective from what I have learned from some of my mentors and just what feels innately true for me and how I've navigated through um, my parenting of my two children and my two stepchildren. So... How can we tell our child to be gentle and to be kind if we are not gentle and kind with them? One of my favorite quotes is a quote by Ed Milat, and he, he says, you know, most things are caught, not taught. So we are trying to teach our child to be kind and obedient and, and gentle, but yet we are physical with them. And I'm not talking about giving your kid a beat down. I'm talking about just aggression in general. And I know I might get some hate on this and you might totally disagree, but it's just something to ponder. Like for a second, I'm telling my child to not hit through being aggressive with them. 
So that's just something to sit with for a second to be like, okay, like, you know, when your child is really small, of course, their level of understanding is not there. We have to understand that their brain is so underdeveloped that we are just modeling to them. And for me, it's really about holding space for Luca. Like when a child is enraged, when any human being is enraged, they're, um, executive brain and their emotional brain, there's no communication in there. Plus the child hasn't even fully developed the executive brain, not even until the age of 25. So you're not working with the full apparatus there, yet we are expecting our children to behave in a certain way. When in fact, for a two-year-old to be angry and raging is actually very healthy. So we are basically shutting down our children for what is developmentally normal for their age. So it's really about us as parents understanding child brain development, okay, um, to know how to actually parent the child in front of us. How do we respond in the best way and the most loving way for the child in front of us at the age and the development stage that they are at in the present moment? Okay, let's move on to point three. Ooh, this is kind of a continuation of point two, but to raise sovereign human beings, we must actually allow our children to be sovereign in their home. This is a big one for me. This is so important. Um, If you know some of my perspective of what's happening or what has happened and what continues to happen in this world around body sovereignty, you will know that I believe that everybody should have a decision of what is happening for their body, whether it's what's any kind of medical procedure should be a personal choice. That is just my perspective. Okay. Now, a lot of people felt like they didn't have a choice or that they don't have a choice in a lot of situations, whether it's in the job that they're in or the relationship that they're in, um, just the life trajectory that they're in, they feel like they don't have a choice. To me, that can be a symptom of overbearing, controlling, autocratic leadership and parenting from their caregivers growing up. If we never let our child express, if we always make them wrong, if we need to fight them on every little thing, guess what? We dim their light and they start to believe that I don't have all the answers for myself. I don't know what's right for myself. My parents know what's best for me. Now it's parents at the beginning But then as you grow up, you have to understand as they grow up that their peers are no longer you. It becomes their friends at school. Now it's their friends know what's better for them. And then as they get older, it becomes their boss knows what's good for them or their husband knows what's good for them or the government knows what's good for them. And they have lost that connection to that inner guidance because they've been told that they were wrong for so long by the way that we parented them when they were little. Okay, so this goes back to really letting your child navigate this world on their own. And then you, and I know it's hard, it's one of the most challenging things to do, is to allow your child to make mistakes. And then you be that safe space for them to come back to. 
that person that doesn't judge them, that person that loves them unconditionally. And it's not conditional on them playing the sports that you want them to play, them getting the grades that you want them to get, them getting the career, the partner, etc. It's not contingent on them fitting into the mold that you prescribe to them of what a good human or a good child is, but truly allowing them to be their most authentic selves. And when you allow your child to be that person in the home, they will step out and be more confident in the physical world. It's funny how we tell our kids, like, be confident, you got this. But we don't do things to actually build their confidence. We criticize their perspective. We make them wrong for their decisions. How are they meant to build the confidence that we so want them to have? How can they build confidence when we are micromanaging them? When they're they're not taught to trust their inner gut, that instinct that will never lead them astray. How will they know? How can they be powerful, sovereign beings that are here to make a fucking difference in the world if they're not even allowed to make a difference in your home? How do we expect to raise, raise courageous leaders if we dictate and control everything that happens in their home? So the reason that these are controversial is that, you know, the concept of conscious parenting is a a newer paradigm. And, you know, for many of us, like our parents were still in that older paradigm, like very autocratic control and direct. And I mean, we don't need to look very far to see that people are unwell. You know, we have insanely high rates of you know, quote unquote, mental illness, depression, anxiety, where is that coming from? You know, according to Gabor Mate, the the reason that there's so much depression is because we've pushed down our emotions for so long. Well, what, why, why would we push down our emotions? Well, because our parents never validated us. We were told we were wrong when we raged. We were told to go to our room. And then we wonder why our teenage children don't come and confide to us anymore and why our 20-something-year-old doesn't come and tell us what's really on their heart when any time that they were struggling, we told them to go to their room. We told them to be quiet. We told them it wasn't acceptable. We basically made them wrong, right? Now, in regards to it linking to emotional intelligence is that it requires a level of emotional intelligence, one, to even get on board with this stuff, because this is controversial. This is forward-looking, right? But for, for me, how I see it as I am here to support my children to be the best humans that they want to be, to live their version of success, not mine, And for me to do that, my key role is to be presence, is to be that that sounding board, to be that safe space for them and not to control them. And emotional intelligence is so critical to this because when your child doesn't do what you want it to do, you'll be fucking triggered, okay? You'll be triggered for sure. This is another reason that our children are our biggest teachers, 
because they will trigger us like nobody else can possibly trigger. Like in the outside world, I'm like so calm. It really, you can't really ruffle me. You could be aggressive to me and I'm just going to most likely, unless I'm already triggered, most likely I'll just like pass it off. I might even send you love. I'll just walk away. But with my children, ooh, they can trigger me like nobody else. But we have to understand that when we are triggered and when we go into fight mode with our child and when there is a power struggle with you and a freaking toddler, please understand this, that that's your inner child fighting with your present day child. And it happens. So don't like hate on yourself for it. It's just like part of the journey, right? But if you see that this is happening daily, like multiple times daily, that you're you're fighting with your child's your present day child, when really it's your inner child fighting with your present day child, if that's happening on a daily, look at what that's pointing to. And I can have a guess here that you are not doing enough inner child healing work. Your inner child is not feeling seen and supported and loved by you because That's who's coming out to play when you are triggered by your child. When you are fighting with your child, it's your inner child. The divine mother, the divine father. If you imagine like your child in front of you is like a little uh, angry goat and you are the mountain, you are the mountain. The divine feminine, the divine masculine are like the mountain. And that little goat is pounding against you, pounding against you. It doesn't matter. You look at that little goat with so much love. But when you are not in your power and you are not in your like divine healed presence, right? You go back to that wounded inner child. And who do you become? Another little goat on the mountain. And you guys are butting heads. So it all comes down to doing your inner work first, healing your trauma, building your emotional intelligence, because that is the only way that we are going to raise enlightened conscious, powerful, sovereign as fuck humans. That is the only way. We cannot expect to raise powerful beings if you are disempowered. We cannot expect to raise confident beings if you lack confidence. So you need to do the inner healing work. And when you do that inner healing work, you will look at these three points that I made and they won't look so controversial. In fact, you might feel a deep, deep resonance with them. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with me today. If you love this episode, please share it with someone. And if you're a longtime listener, it would mean the absolute world to me if you would rate and review this show on iTunes. I love you so much and I can't wait to connect with you on the next episode. And remember, it's not only possible to have it all, it is your birthright.